the 15th of January, 2006, and the uh, Sunday night speakers meeting of Narcotics Anonymous welcomes our second speaker, Ben. Thanks, Jim. Hey, I'm Ben. I'm an addict. Hey, ben. Oh, thanks for sharing, Jennifer. <clears throat> um, well, um, <clears throat> you know, today as I was uh, preparing for this, you know, getting myself nervous, um, <clears throat> it seems like it's been a while since I've uh, spoke anywhere, and. Um, I was thinking, uh, <clears throat> I have a phone line commitment now, which is a, it's a pretty cool commitment, you know, and it's an every week thing. <clears throat> and I get people calling me, all kinds of people. And um, for years before that, I used to do H&I. <clears throat> and, um, and one of the nice things about H&I is, you know, Fairly regularly, I would have to share my story, which would kind of make me think about it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've been clean for 16 years now, and it's actually been, you know, quite a bit longer than I used for, for me. And it's a long time ago. And, um, you know, of course, when I first got clean, it was all fresh in my mind. <clears throat> now it's not so fresh. And, uh... But sometimes, you know, um, from this distance, I see things differently, which is always interesting. Um, in any case, you know, I'm not from California. I'm from New York. And uh, I grew up in Greenwich Village <clears throat> in Manhattan for the most part. Um, and my family, you know, it's just me and my brother, just two of us. And uh, they're ba basically my immediate family is a family of normies. No one in my family uses drugs. And um, so I was not brought up around with any examples of people who used. And my parents are both immigrants, they're English, and uh, so I didn't have any of my uh, extended family to see if any of them used either. <clears throat> you know, uh, my mom was a homemaker, and um, you know, my dad was a hardworking guy who provided well for us. You know, I grew up in a real nice, by and large, real nice environment. You know, my parents are loving. Um, you know, they're English. They have a bit of the stiff upper lip. You know, there's not a lot of feelings talked about in my home. I didn't learn how to deal with my feelings growing up. And, um, you know, I didn't really use any drugs through most of my childhood, really, until I went to college. And uh, I started using when I was 18 when I went off to college. <clears throat> you know, I had no reason to use drugs, except that I liked them. Um, you know, in retrospect. You know, when I got clean, I thought I had some reasons. You know, and uh, when I, you know, early on, when I rem remember when I first started hearing people share at meetings, and um, a lot of the things that people shared about resonated with me. Uh, you know, the feelings of feeling apart not a part of, and, um, <clears throat> you know, not knowing how to deal with my feelings, not even really knowing what they were most of the time. I didn't even know I had them, to be honest with you, by and large. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I remember when I 
first got here and people would talk about, well, you're going to be having feelings and, uh, and I didn't know what they were talking about. You know, um, <clears throat> I think it took me quite a few months of being clean before I really started having feelings. <laughs> um, you know, I had learned how to suppress my feelings before I ever used drugs. That's what I did with them before I started using You know, that's what I did with the things that I didn't know what to do with in my life, is I just ignored them. And I got really good at it, actually. Uh, <clears throat> um, so when I started using, uh, you know, like I said, I grew up in Greenwich Village and, um, you know, I kind of grew up with the idea that drugs were better than, um, that illegal drugs were, were better for you than legal ones. You know, this was kind of an anti-establishment place when I was a kid. And um, those were kind of the kind of people that my parents, even though they're like really kind of straight arrows and pretty square, those were the kind of people that they hung out with. And, um, you know, when I first started using, I didn't, you know, really you know, go to bars much, although they're pretty popular in New York. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I thought that uh, the liquor was a more evil drug than the, the ones that I was using. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I first got here, I, I was worried about, you know, that part of the thing of not knowing if I belonged or not. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really use, you know, hard drugs, what they call hard drugs, which I guess is heroin, you know. Uh, I don't know what other drugs are hard drugs. Anyway, that, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, of course, I was scared that what I used wasn't appropriate to the fellowship I was going to. And um, I suppose everyone is, you know. And, and since I got here, it's one of the things I really like about NA is uh, when I read the literature and it said, we don't care what or how much you used, that really attracted me to this fellowship. You know, um, I've never really been completely sure what my drug of choice was, you know, because I had a bunch of them. So how could any of them have been my drug of choice? And I have a, f I, I really know that, you know, if none of those drugs existed, I would, it would have been some other drugs that I used. It really doesn't matter to me. It, I mean, I seem to prefer this one, but I'm sure if that it was some completely different drug, that's what I would, would have been using. You know, there was something about it that really I enjoyed. <clears throat> and um, I got to say that right away when I started using drugs, it started affecting my life. And, you know, I, I never really had a lot of overt negative consequences from using. You know, um, I was going to college. I managed to stri string that out for seven years. So most of my using, I was in college. And so I got my parents to support me through a lot of it, you know, because I was in college. <laughs> and um, it worked pretty well for me, you know. I mean, in retrospect, you know, I, I suppose I, figured, I kind of figured that one out, you know, uh, at the time. But it did affect my life right away, even though I wasn't necessarily using that heavily, you know. I, I mean, I, you know, when I first got clean, it seemed to me like the last year or two, in particular the last few months, were when I was really feeling uh, degraded and feeling like I, had, I was doing things completely against my will. You know, over time, and um, 
through you know writing inventories and talking to people about it and listening to people share, I've come to see how from the very start, drugs started affecting my life all the way from one end to, you know, through the entire spectrum of my life. <clears throat> you know, up until that time, I'd always been a pretty good student. And, um, I, you know, now I had, like, something else to do instead of being a student and a, just a kid, you know. And uh, it, it really interfered with my schoolwork. And, um, you know, I didn't do nearly as well at school as I could have. And right from the start, I was feeling guilty about that because my dad was paying for it. And uh, I felt like, you know, I should be trying to um, do the best I can. You know, someone was giving me something for free. But I couldn't seem to, like, not, you know, miss the class or blow off doing the paper for a long time. You know, I didn't, I never did anything on time through my entire college career. I didn't hand in a single paper on time, you know. I always got C's when I could have gotten B's, and I got B's when I could have gotten A's, you know? Because, um, and, you know, right from the very start, it started uh, affecting the way I thought about myself, because I, I started thinking like I, feeling like I had no willpower and no discipline, which I didn't. You know, the fact was that uh, if the whim took me, I was going to go do, you know, I was going to go party instead of, uh, do my schoolwork or go to class. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it affected my, uh, you know, my view of myself and what I was doing with my life. You know, I had a really good opportunity and, um, you know, I made the most of it. I mean, I actually graduated from college, which is kind of amazing, you know, in retrospect. But, uh, you know, by the time I got done with that, you know, I had come to the conclusion that I didn't like being in college because I didn't do well at it. And I didn't know that I was an addict. So I just assumed that the reason why I was behaving the way I was is because I didn't like school. You know, and that's the tricky thing about being an addict and not really knowing it is that, you know, I did things in my life like that, like doing poorly at school. Um, and I thought that the reason I did it is because I didn't like this thing. I thought I had chosen not to do that thing well, you know. And in reality, I was doing something else that I couldn't control that was interfering with that thing. I actually liked learning and going to class and doing that stuff. And, um, you know, it's been that way with other areas. It's really hard. It's like, uh, in effect, you know, I kind of brainwashed myself into believing something, you know. Uh, being an addict is a real tricky thing that way, and you know, <clears throat> um, you know, it's a for me uh, <clears throat> those drugs they progressively stopped working, you know, and I would do one drug for whatever and time and uh, years or what have you, and then move on to another one when the first one stopped working. And I didn't know what was going on with me at the time, you know. A in retrospect, you know, I can see how that happened for me. Uh, <clears throat> that. You know, at some point, that particular drug would not give me the relief and the ease that it had previously, and I would pick up a different drug. And, um, you know, it, as I also, it's like I, after I graduated from college and I started having more money, I was able to spend money and use more drugs. And, um, you know, in a way, I used that 
thing of not having money as a way to control my using before that. And uh, anyway, it got pretty much out of control to the point where, you know, in my life I was not able to take care of myself at all. I couldn't pay the rent, and I got kicked out of where I was living. <clears throat> and um, I went back to my parents' house, and what happened was, you know, my mom actually caught me, like, mixing up my drugs in the toilet. She burst in on me. And, you know, all those years, I, I had oftentimes lived with my parents when I was going to college, and they would never do things like that. My parents were real careful not to catch me in anything, you know. Um, and uh, it turns out she had started going to uh, a 12-step program for moms of people like us. So she uh, decided, you know, she had had a certain amount of her denial removed, and she caught me, and um, it was kind of a trip because I admitted to her that I needed help, and she took me to a meeting. It was my first meeting, and I remember going in that place. I had no idea what was wrong with me. And people identified. And man, I was, uh, I was just amazed, you know, that people apparently had what I had. It's a pretty wild feeling, you know. Um, you know, like I said, it's been a while for me. And I'm used to the fact that there's a lot of other people like me now. You know, I'm really comfortable with it. And that we're different than uh, other people in a lot of ways. But at that time, you know, I thought I was alone in the world. And I, you know, uh, I was high when I went to that meeting. And I remember some guy came up to me and said, oh, you know, the only requirement is a desire to stop using. You know, he was letting me know it was okay for me to be high. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> I remember I was like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> the only requirement, you know. And um, in any case, I, uh, I was really glad. I didn't know how to stop using, but I was really glad. You know, I, my life was miserable at that time. I couldn't seem to do anything, you know, uh, in, in any given, like, two-hour period. If I wanted to set out to do something, I couldn't do it. I never knew what I would just do. You know, I couldn't, like, achieve one little thing. I couldn't go shopping for food. All I ever lived on were potato chips. <clears throat> and um, so I went to a, you know, a place where um, they, you know, a detox facility, and um, they gave me a copy of the NA Basic Text. I was lying in this bed, so I read the book. I was there for two days. I read it through, and uh, I really identified with it. <clears throat> and, um, you know, basically I've been clean ever since then, that day that I went to that, that place. And, uh, man, I was so grateful to get clean. I have not had um, any <coughs> desire or obsession to use since that day, not a one. I've been glad I was clean the whole time, you know. It, it was completely apparent to me that there was not one problem in my life that using would not make worse. It always had, you know. I just didn't know how to stop. And somehow, you know, the fact that once I stopped, knowing that there were other people that had stopped, somehow made it possible for me to stay stopped. You know, uh, <clears throat> the one thing that I was really worried about in the basic text <clears throat> was the word God. Really perturbed me. I'm an atheist. And um, I don't believe in God. And I thought, oh, man, 
What am I going to do? You know, how am I going to do this? And I have to say, you know, that uh, the first year I was clean, you know, um, I was pretty desperate the first few months. So I asked someone to sponsor me, and I made a bad choice because I didn't ask the guy if he knew anything about working the steps or anything. <laughs> so he took me to meetings, and he didn't talk to me about the steps. And, um, you know, then I moved here to California, and I didn't ask anyone to sponsor me. And by then I was feeling like, oh, well, look, this is fine. I, I don't want to use. I'm doing fine. The drugs are gone, then my problems are solved. <laughs> and, um, you know, people were talking about having feelings. I was like, well, I don't have it, you know, I'm happy. I smiled a lot, and I, and I felt pretty happy, actually, you know. Um, and besides which, I didn't really want to have to deal with the fact that I was going to have to somehow come to believe in, in, in something, you know, in God, apparently. <clears throat> you know, I went to some meetings, and they said they, uh, our, uh, with this prayer, which sounds very extremely religious, our Father, blah, blah, blah. Man, I can't stand that. I remember when I first heard the N.A. Third Step prayer, which doesn't even mention God, I was like, that's the prayer I like. Um, you know, it really worried me, and I, uh, and I have to say that I think that, um, you know, I, of course I didn't, if I been willing to talk to people about it. Maybe I could have started working through that. Um, you know, that whole the thing about God and a higher power. I didn't know how to deal with it. You know, because the only higher power I'd ever heard of was a religious God. You know, up till coming to NA, that's the only, so I thought that's what they must be talking about in the steps. You know, and um, you know, I uh, I know that it said that um, it said of your own understanding, and it said uh, that you, we recommend that you choose a higher power that's loving and caring and things like that. But by and large, I thought they were just—I was just trying to trick me, you know, into uh, you know going ahead and going to church or something. And uh, <clears throat> and you know, um, honestly, you know, the fact is, this does have to be a sincere thing, you know. Um, so, finally, after a little over a year, I started realizing that I actually did not know how to deal with my life. And I, I was real lucky in the fact that my obsession to use was completely lifted. You know, so I didn't relapse during that time. But um, to, for me to actually go out and ask for the help I needed, you know, I really had to start realizing that my life was unmanageable. You know, that was just it. You know, on my own, it was clear to me that I was powerless over my addiction, but I did not understand that my life was unmanageable. You know, so I didn't, you know, why get a sponsor if my life's not unmanageable, right? And, uh, you know, I didn't really also, I didn't really want someone else to know what, what, what I was doing in my life. You know, I was still had a, a fair bit of shame in my life, and, um, in any case, so finally I got desperate enough, and I asked someone to help me, and, um, you know, that was such a relief, boy. That was probably, I mean, uh, I've had a few good surrenders since I've been clean, and that was a really big one for me. And um, I got to tell you, I really struggled with it took me a couple of years 
to write an inventory. And uh, you know, really the reason why for me is because of a lack of faith. I didn't know how to have faith. And um, I really needed help from someone to work through that. And it took a while. It just took a while for me to learn how to have the kind of faith that I needed. You know, the writing a fourth-step inventories, it's scary to, it was real scary for me to face all that stuff without having something. You know, I really, I really had to take a second and third step properly, and I just couldn't seem to do it for a while. Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I've gone back and read some of the stuff I wrote back then, and I, I you know, I was uh, kind of frantic and freaked out, you know, uh, you know, because I needed to, I remember, you know, my sponsor would say, well, you know, um, you could just believe that I believe, and he'd say things like that, and it just wasn't enough for me. I needed to have something of my own to be able to face myself, apparently. You know, um, you know, when I think back about the things that I wrote in my first fourth step, now it doesn't really, it's not really, it wasn't that big of a deal, really. None of it. But, you know, when I had never looked at anything in my life before, it was horrifying and terrifying, you know. That's how I maintained, you know, I just didn't know about myself and I didn't really want to, you know. Um, <clears throat> And finally, somehow or other, and it was just a process, you know, I never had any kind of big revelation. Um, I was finally able to work a third step and get through that stuff. And, um, you know, nowadays for me, you know, I, I have a, a pretty solid, you know, faith in a higher power. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, there have been times in my recovery when I've been much more, um, I've sort of carefully identified my higher power and described it. And these days, you know, I, uh, I find that that's just not that important for me. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and I have found that, you know, and it was one of the things that my sponsor told me early on that, um, the only thing really important about my higher power is for me to understand that I'm not it. <laughs> you know? And, and it's true, you know, by and large I find that somehow or other through going to meetings and the process of the steps, I have access to some kind of power that I just don't have on my own, you know, using my own willpower. You know, and uh, you know, the reason I share this stuff <clears throat> is um, I rarely hear people share about being an atheist at meetings. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's part of my story that's real important, you know, because I've been able to stay clean for 16 years based on the fact that I don't believe in God and, and, that I, but, and yet I have found access to a higher power, you know. And, um, you know, I'm afraid there are other people out there like me you know, uh, I, I struggled with it a lot. You know, I don't feel like I ever really, the fact is, is from the very start, when I first got to NA, I somehow gained access to a power that I didn't have on my own, 
when I, you know, by myself, it was really clear to me. I, I can remember about a week before I got clean, I was uh, running out the door to go score some drugs. And um, I remember thinking to myself that, like, that I had no control over my own feet. I remember it was really clear to me, like, just before I got clean, that I was doing something I didn't want to do. <laughs> and, uh, and I just didn't know how to stop, you know. And I had never before that, I had always thought it was my own choice, that this was my preference and my choice. And somehow it finally, and I, I guess that's one of the things that's made it easy for me to stay clean over the years, was having that realization even before I got clean that, that I was just like a, I felt literally like a puppet on a string. I felt like some, something had a string attached to me and was pulling me out my door to go get drugs, you know. And, um, and yet, you know, in the course of one day, that which had been controlling me for 10 years just disappeared. You know, and it was some, not something I was able to do sitting at home by myself, ever. Um, <clears throat> in any case, you know, uh, nowadays for me, um, you know, I, I, I really like my life. I like my life clean. I pretty much have the whole time I've been clean, by and large. But it also keeps getting better. Um, you know, there's still things that, uh, in my life that I'd like to change and improve. You know, things about myself is what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm doing a lot better than I ever was. And I get to do a lot of things that I want to do these days. And that's the really, uh, that's a real key thing for me. You know, you know, I thought I was doing what I wanted when I was using. Uh, but a lot of the time I wasn't. Whenever I was doing what I wanted to do, I had to struggle to do it when I was a using addict. I had to like struggle against my disease to do the things that I wanted to do. You know, um, you know I, I still struggle against my disease to do the things that I want to do, but far less than I did before. And there's a lot of things that I've just you know, learned how to do now that I want to do, and I, you know, now it's no problem for me. And, uh, you know, that's a real relief for me. I, I just um, <clears throat> had a baby a few months ago. And I never would have done that before because now I have some reasonable confidence that I can do, you know, what I need to do for someone else. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't have done that before. You know, I don't even know if I could have done that 10 years ago or five years ago. But I probably could have, you know. Um, I was probably more scared I, maybe I'm just less scared now than I was then. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's the only reason I, under, I undertook that responsibility because um, I feel like, you know, I'm still scared that I'm selfish and self-centered because I am, but I've learned how to overcome a lot of that within me. And, uh, you know, I felt like I could overcome it enough to, you know, to be able to take care of a child. So, well, I hope so anyway. So far, so good, you know. I took him down to the beach this morning. And I carried him around on that little thing. It was pretty great, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched, uh, it was beautiful down on the beach. I was down there with my wife and my child, and we were watching the surfers. 
I was, you know, thinking of going surfing, but um, the water's real dirty. I'm a little scared of that. I try to, you know, look out for my health more than I used to. And, uh, <clears throat> but it was a beautiful day. I was sitting down there, and some friends of mine showed up, you know, just wandering by the beach. And, um, man, you know, my life is just great. You know, all of those friends are people I've, you know, well, by and large, friends that I've made in recovery. And, um, you know, I never used to be able to do things like that when I was using. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. Thank you.